0: through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. Hello,
1: this is Leslie Gist, and you're listening to The Gist of Freedom. Um, Tonight we have a great guest, uh, Mr. Earl Pinto. Are you on the line, Mr. Pinto?
0: Yes, I am.
1: Great. Uh, could you introduce yourself to the audience?
0: My name is Ennis Earl Pinto. I'm the founder of the New York African American Historical Society, chartered by the New York State Board of Regents.
1: Okay. Uh, let's start there. How did you get involved with uh, finding this great institution?
0: i was involved with a project of that was started by Dr. Adolf Roberts, who is my uncle to establish a museum in new york and After working with him a while um I decided that I wanted to move in a different direction, and I then applied for a charter with the to the New York State border Regents.
1: Okay. And um what was one of your favorite highlights of starting this um this organization and um who supported you?
0: Okay, in- initially um I was a collector. I collected African American history um in various forms um original documents, signed slave documents, uh artifacts a variety of things, and then I began to focus on an area that I wanted to really excel in, and that was newspapers and I had met uh, Mark Mitchell who was the preeminent collector of newspapers black and white um and a regular con- or he regularly sells to um the um to collectors. So that's how Mark became an inspiration. He showed me newspapers dating back to the 1700s, uh, and I focused my collecting on 19th century, 1800s, and um, have most every collectible illustrated newspaper from 1808 through uh um the end of the century until 1900. Wow. So what uh
1: describe your most prized collection collectibles, uh newspapers.
0: Okay, in terms of newspapers, um there are some that are far more desirable than others. Um let's see. Uh well, What's current is um, the election So it was the first vote In um, Harper's Weekly In in, in 1857 Uh, It is an illustration By A.R. Ward Who was one of the Premier Artists of the time His illustrations Were most valued Along with Thomas Nash So I have the first uh, A.R. Ward And the most difficult one to get uh, was the Dred Scott newspaper Frank Leslie's um, 1857 uh, I had to barter for that newspaper because with Mark Mitchell and creating his website um, which um, he, because he he wasn't willing to sell it so he, he said if you build me a website I'll give you the illustration well you know museum framed uh and, and framed beautifully um presented and so I was able to get that was the very last of the acquisitions that was valuable but there are quite a number of others there's uh, That's awesome.
1: There's, that is incredible i i love I love the story behind dress Stop. um you know before we move on to your exhibit, just explain
0: why Dred Scott is so important, because we don't know all of our listeners, and we may have some youngsters listening. So, you know, back to st- give okay. us a back story about that paper. Okay. Dred Scott um, was a slave uh, in Missouri, and he was owned um, by a slave owner and then moved to Illinois. Well, Missouri was a slave state. Illinois was a free state. So when he moved to Illinois, he was on loan initially to someone else, and married, had a family. And as years passed, um, he settled there in Illinois, and his slave master wanted him back. So Dred Scott went to court and said, um, "I'm free now. I'm in Illinois, a free state. You um, can you can't." T- you can't Recapture me into slavery And this case Went to the Supreme Court And the Supreme Court Ruled That Dred Scott And his family Was the property Of the slave owner And Congress had no right Or the courts had no right To separate a person From their property So again we were chattel property. We were like a horse, a cow, a dog. We was considered property of white people in the 1800s and and for centuries prior. Okay.
1: Well, I'd like to add to that story because um, you said that happened in
0: 1857? Um, the decision was made in 1857. The newspaper, Frank Leslie's illustrated, is dated June, uh, 27,
1: 1857. Wow. Now, i like to add um, some facts to that story because I think it's important that we uh, put the story in its proper context. In 1850, the Fugitive Slave Law was passed. Mm-hmm. Am I right?
0: That's correct.
1: And that law um, gave the slavers the right to go to um, the North and kidnap. Any African American they deemed a runaway. And what was so important about that law was it was a way to, um, void out the previous fugitive slave law of 1793, which said that you had to have a warrant to, um, to apprehend any, any fugitive. So in exchange for the, um, the, the uh California coming into the to the Union as a free state, the slavers compromise. They call him Senator Henry Clay, the great compromiser. In exchange for um allowing uh California to be admitted as a free state, they they uh took this new law, the Fugitive Slave Law of eighteen fifty, and said, We'll take that and you can have the gold which was uh, just discovered in eighteen forty nine, the gold rush. So this is how this all came about where they were just chipping away at the Constitution of slaveholders. And so when Judge Scott went to court, it was just another dagger um, at at the Constitution and at our rights. Um, So I think that story um, is connected to a lot of different constitutional um, challenges that the slavers just outright disrespected the law And did just what they wanted to do, which eventually led to the Civil War. So,
0: do you have any papers
1: on the Civil War?
0: Oh, yeah, I have. I have most every newspaper um, published by Harper's Weekly um, for the Civil War period. Um, And I have um, a volume that goes from 1862 to 1867. So in that volume, particularly as it relates to Harper's Weekly Publications, I have the whole series. Um, I focused on the Civil War because I thought the Civil War was a very important part of American history, and it really... um, And it's so timely because Lincoln... Uh, signed the first Emancipation Proclamation handwritten copy in 1862, September 22nd. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, I have a, a extensive Civil War collection.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what can you tell
1: us? Uh, little known facts about this Emancipation that he signed the first one, and why do they call it the first one?
0: Well, the the hand hand uh, draft. Um, Emancipation Proclamation was written and signed in um, 1862, September 22nd. The Schongberg has, a, in fact, this past weekend, had a, the original document there at the Schongberg that he hand-wrote, and this Lincoln again, and signed um, on display on um, display. And then, in the, but that didn't free the slaves. The Emancipation Proclamation was properly signed on J- January first, eighteen sixty-three. Um, so this was a forerunner to the actual proclamation being signed. Now, let me just add this: mm-hmm. I am a collector. I am not a historian. I well,
1: I understand that, but you're going to encourage other people to collect because I, you you sound just like me. You learn from all the things that you've collected. Am I right?
0: Absolutely.
1: So you learn every time you collect something, you learn a little bit more. So um, I know that we are not historians. We are collectors,
0: and, and
1: that's the best education you can get. Am I right or wrong?
0: I agree 100%, particularly because when you read documents that was written at the time of the historical event, it sheds a light. Now, that may very often be biased by the writer, but nonetheless, it's important to read about history at the time it was happening by writers commenting about that instead situation in American history or world history.
1: Oh that's so true. I have a few papers, but nothing like yours. Nothing nothing extensive. Um I have it on um C D, that same collection, um the um Harper's Fair, Harper's, I'm okay. Harper's, Harper's Weekly. <laughs> yes, I have it. Leslie uh, Frank's I have them on C D. Um okay. but I don't have too many original ones. So let's talk about your your um your major event. And how did it come about, why now, and who do you want to thank for supporting you?
0: Okay. Um, Why now? Uh, It's very timely because the exhibit is entitled From Slavery to the White House, chronicling the history, American history. Um, As Don Hope Franklin would say, our history is not apart from American history, it's inclusive of American history. However, it's timely because we have an election coming up. Now, as an organization, I can't support a candidate, but um, I'm documenting the history from slavery to, our, to the White House and it's occupied by the president, Barack Obama. Um I initially, this was my inaugural exhibit. Um, I incorporated the, well, the Board of Regents um, signed the petition for incorporation our charter for incorporation in uh, about four years ago. And my inaugural exhibit was uh, three years to date, actually September 21st, Um, 2009, right after uh, President Obama took office, and it was held at the South Street Seaport Museum, and the opening was sponsored by now defunct um, KISS FM, and uh, they provided what I needed for, for this exhibit. Now this exhibit I have to thank the Lower Manhattan Cultural Council I have to thank the um the Department of Humanities and um uh, the organization for the grant um for the arts for the funding that for this particular exhibit that was going to have its reception on Friday September 28th um uh, an interesting thing I don't as not having a a degree in history. Uh, My degree is in business, and my career has been in computer computer science. I'm a programmer by profession and an educator. Nonetheless, through having a collection, and I presented my collection to the Board of Regents um, in a book form. Um, I made a booklet out of it, which is about 100 pages of the. And the chronology of the history that in originals, primary source documents, not copies of the documents, the original documents, original slave fulfill documents, and uh, original um, letters. um, I have you know more on 19th century stuff and 20th century items in that in the collection, and they sort fit. That even though I wasn't an historian, that they would have the chance to sign off on this organization um, as a chartered member of the State University of New York. Now nice. my exhibit, yeah, it was it was remarkable actually. Um, when I ca- I presented my application, my grant, my application for a charter, and really was told, uh, and I was told by a lot of people that I was, that what I, why, why do I think I was their Board of Regents to give me a charter? I said, I don't know why they won't, considering what I'm presenting. And they said, well, you don't have even anyone on your board who has a PhD in history. I said, well, once we become established we can hire people with any type of credentials necessary to articulate the history. And all I'm doing is collecting and presenting it, presenting the history. So at any rate I follow through and not follow the advice or the recommendations of people that I knew, including um the people who were associated with the museum project that I was a part of. Now, I have to also thank Louise Mira, the president of the New York Historical Society, the 100-year-old institution, um, for her uh, signing off on being a mentor to me in my pursuit. And that was one of the requirements of the Board of Regents, that I had someone that was going to pretty much mentor me and my board in establishing this historical society, which, again, it's about three years um, from the time we receive our charter.
1: Wow. Now, you have a serious lineup that's going to be um, at your opening reception on Friday the 28th. Could you give us the the logistics and the uh, list of people?
0: Okay. um, My theory is that um and as an educator I I, I taught at Baburo College for about twelve years and then City University for about twenty years. You
1: don't um, look older that, that, than that done online teaching.
0: No, no. i plus I'm older than that, plus of twenty more twenty more than than that. But nonetheless. Um my style of teaching was edutainment. I, I tried to educate in, in an entertaining fashion. And So I developed these um, exhibitions around the concept of education and entertainment. So what I have is it says on the flyer, where art, music, and history meet. And I'm Mm going to have um, a a singer that I just heard about a month ago, and and she absolutely floored me. And her name is Rosanna Hill Jackson. And you can YouTube her. yet again, Rosanna Hill Jackson. She was in A Color Purple um, on Broadway, eight other Broadway pl- plays, uh, including a lead role in Come Fly Away. Uh, what impressed me about her was not just her voice, but the spirit behind the voice. And... I said, "Well, I have to have her. If I can get her to perform, I would love to have it." So again, it's an a idea, and pursuing pursuing that idea. And I saw her about a couple of weeks ago, perform again, and I approached her, and she, I think she felt my heart, and she agreed at a quite a reduced rate from her normal rate but she, she agreed to come and perform. In addition to Rosanna Hill Jackson, we have music by Claudia Hayden. And Claudia Hayden is a flutist and jazz flutist at that. And she performed in our first inaugural exhibit at the South Street Fort Museum. Again, it was a similar thing. I went to, I heard her play. And I was moved. And others were moved. And she's a flutist. She's going to come with a, a piano player and I don't know who else. And she's going to entertain us throughout the night. Um, we have um, I have, artists. So you have music, particularly jazz. And getting back for a moment to Rosanna, Rosanna Hill-Jackson, she has this thing called Songs of Sarah Vaughan, on the CD, Songs of Sarah Vaughan. And Sarah Vaughan is just, you know, she, she's so special to me. And to hear her sing Sarah Vaughan, uh is a beautiful experience. And she's going to sing, uh, I'm not certain exactly, or I really don't want to say what she's going to sing, but she will sing for us on Friday. Addition to the singing and the jazz, which is indigenous to our culture and representative of a musical form, started in America. And that jazz, that what jazz is, we have artists, and we have artists. And I my, I don't mean to have a, a favorite, but I do. Lance Estos Bradley. Lance did the Mount Rushmore, or he calls it. Um, I think I have it here. The description. He he is a it, it's Martin Luther King. Let me start left mm-hmm. to left, right to left. It's Frederick Douglass, Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, and Barack Obama. From slavery to the White House. Um, he also did an, in the sixth feet by four feet his name we call him Estos and it's an acronym that says that means educated strictly through our streets he started off as a graffiti artist wow
1: now Mr. Pinto I'm confused I thought that Mark E. Mitchell was the artist that
0: painted that Mount Rushmore he's a collector he's a collector no, no, Mark Mark Mitchell is the collector, the artist that did the Mount Rushmore. It's Lance Estos Bradley, and he also oh, did the – well, um, maybe I miscommunicated that to you. No, no,
1: no. I that, just got to fix all these Facebook posts. I have Mark E. Mitchell's name all over the place, underneath the picture. Oh, okay.
0: okay. Nothing serious, but I'm just mad at myself. Change it, change it. Yeah, no, I'm going to no change it. Yeah. Okay, cause you you just Hed, didn't you need the right message. So. I just. Yeah, okay. But go on back to this, yeah, I apologize. Yeah. No, no. Now, Estos also did a. He does murals. He did a mural on 156th Street um, and 8th mm-hmm. Avenue at a church that is all, I uh, say, four stories high, and one, and it's Barack Obama. On one wall, and the the opposite wall facing the Barack Obama is Martin Luther King, and Barack and Martin Luther King. The inscription says, "I have a dream," and on Barack Obama said, "Dream fulfilled."
1: Um,
0: wonderful, wonderful. I mean, and the art, and the the art itself. He works with the different mediums. He works with not just oil on cl- canvas. But he works with acrylic he works with um, I don't think I think I have a sheet with all of the medium but maybe five or six different mediums. okay acrylic paint sculpture material um, airbrush um, on on canvas uh, again it's they're 48 by 60 in size um, it's, it's called the formal name of it is Sun setting on Mount Rushmore. And then he has the women, um, and he has uh and I have to recall. He has Harriet Tubman Rosa Parks, Oprah Winfrey and uh Michelle Obama. Uh let me just also tell you, just interject this point. Our last exhibit was at that we had at the before the one at the United Nations, we had an exhibit at the State Office building. Um, celebrating 25 years of Oprah. I have probably the most comprehensive Oprah collection because I know who she is, and I know how history is going to record her. And I have 20 letters. I have... Gil King came to the exhibit and said, wow, Oprah don't even have that. Where did you get that? Where did you get that? How did you get this? Uh, And she was like amazed. When she saw the things that I collected, uh, uh, and <laughs> I got, I got Oprah, an Oprah collection. No, I have,
1: I have an Oprah collection, too. Only, yeah, so Only two pieces. Only two pieces. Um, the, I love her biography. Book. Her biography and, uh, is really great, right? And I have mm-hmm. um, one of her Oprah magazines, the one she had all the black women at her, her party. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: And it's even Michelle mm-hmm. Obama was in it. This is before um she was in the White House. Mm-hmm. And you know um, so that one a lot of people like that I blew that one up and I framed it. And it's about sixty different um prominent black women that she invited to her I think she called it Saturday picnic or something. But Beautiful. yeah, I I, I, I think that's awesome what you're doing. And um uh, I You know, I hope a lot of people will come out and support uh, this event that you have. And I see you're going
0: to have Al Sharpton's daughter as a guest okay. speaker. Okay. Um, well, I was at, um, as you saw the photo on, the, on Facebook of me and Al, Al Sharpton um, just yesterday, I found out, well, that she, his daughter won't be able to be the speaker, but Michael Hardy, uh, he's a lawyer, he's the executive He's the Executive Vice President of the National Action Network. will speak in in behalf of the National Action Network. Um, Mm -hmm. Let me just tell you where where it is and when and time and all of that. It's at the Adam Clayton Powell, Jr. State Office Building, which is located at 163 West 125th Street. It's going to be an art gallery on the second floor. Again, that's the Adam Clayton Powell, Jr. State Office Building, 163, West, 125th Street, at the corner of 125th Street and Adam Craig Pal Boulevard. Um, The reception will be Friday, September 28th, um, from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. We're going to have Princess Jenkins, who is the owner of the Brownstone. Um, It's a boutique on 121st Street, and she also has a second store on Lenox Avenue. She's, good. She's a motivational speaker and the founder of Women in the Black. It's about a 20-year-old organization that educates black, particularly women, entrepreneurs um, about the ins and outs of business, and have Princess been in, has been in business for about 20 years. And has a beautiful shop on 125th Street, so if any of your viewers are on 125th Street and, and they're women and they want something nice... Check her out. That's Princess Jenkins, and the story again It's the brownstone. Um, we have a few other artists. We have um, Cynthia Burgos. Um, uh, Black and Fries just recently did an article on her art. Her art, she did a thing, a painting of Obama that was at the South Street Seaport exhibit. Um, she just sold it to Carmelo Anthony. Fabulous artist. Um, she didn't create anything original for this, and then we thought we were going to have the art, the art piece of, of, of President Obama, but um, Carmelo had other ideas for it. Then we have um, Sonia Barnett; she's an educator um, who's also an artist, and she has received a number of awards for her art. And with um, Kita Kalim Musa. The Poet of Harlem, he will be there. He does collages of of African-American experiences, and he will come and he'll deliver some poetry um, that evening. So it's going to be a mixture of art, music, and history. We'll have about, I'll say, about 30 original newspapers, particularly the illustrated newspapers where the illustrations, um, to interject a point, the two top artists, of the time in the 19th century was A.R. Ward, who did the first uh, boat cover, amongst many others, but most notably the first boat cover, and Thomas Nash, and Thomas Nash is a fabulous artist. And they did, the artists of the time, and those two in particular, did many illustrations because that's how they spoke visually to the public um, through their illustrations. And uh, it's going to be a fabulous evening. Fabulous. Um will like it.
1: Now, are you going, going to have... I, I guarantee it. I
0: guarantee it. Uh, uh, yeah.
1: it, 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 it it's going to be a I believe now. you. <laughs> now, now I'm, a, I'm a collector, like I, I said earlier. I want some reproductions of some of the um, papers you're going to have on display. Are you going to have any
0: reproductions available for sale? Um, I haven't really decided how I'm going to handle that piece. Um, The Schongberg um, licenses their reproductions to the public and with a lot of provisions based on what it's going to be used for. So I'm holding off to figure out the best policy in distributing this reproductions of these historical um, uh, newspapers and, and the, particularly the illustrations. So I have, I'm, I'm Because if I get a hold
1: idea. of them, if I get a hold of any of them, they're going right up on Facebook. They're going out to the public. And that's exactly oh. what I'm going to do to it. So, um, you know, I'm hoping that you'll have some available if you need to say you're going to donate them, donate the proceeds, the sell or these reproductions to December. do whatever you have to do to get these stories told. And when people leave your um, event, they should leave with a piece of history. And if they don't, it's their choice. But at least give them something um, to take out and share with your family, the little ones, and to also help promote what you're doing. So I hope um, you'll be able to make that happen because I want to show up on Friday and pick up some things.
0: I you got it then,
1: yeah.
0: All I, right. I heard I
1: your
0: met instructions to it, and I will right? follow. Pardon? Please do. We met at the United thought, Nations I, I, before I, we I end this, gave this mm-hmm. You gave me a little job to do it, uh so but I'm gonna step up and do it.
1: I know so. you can do it. And and just tell the audience before we um end this conversation how we met and because I thought that was awesome
0: how it, What? what is that again how we met you don't remember meeting me at oh, the united nations yeah, no exactly well the united nations annually has an, an exhibit um, commemorating the, uh, the the slaves in the transatlantic know the africans who was captured and deemed slaves in the transatlantic slave trade and we have an annual exhibit, I think this is the fifth, and I became aware of it um from Dr. Joel Freeman, a friend of mine, a fellow collector who was in it last year. And I again I said I have to I gotta do this. And so they I was the lead um presenter of the history in the last exhibit in March um, and I met Leslie there, and Leslie interviewed me for the U.N. radio, I believe it was, and uh, it was a fabulous evening, wonderful people, an international audience. I just want to add one thing. The United Nations has an initiative to, on the United Nations grounds, right in front of the Visitor Center, they're going to do a put up a statue in commemorations of the victims of the transatlantic slave trade, signed off by the United Nations General Assembly, spearheaded by the Jamaican consulate and a number of other Caribbean countries. So our history and our story is not just our story. My family's from Jamaica. We were slaves in Jamaica. We were slaves in Trinidad. We were slaves throughout the Caribbean. In Brazil and prior to coming slavery coming to America, so it's an international issue, and there's a lot of pleas for reparations and the like, um, because this injustice that was done to us. Mm-hmm. Um, my father would say, "Well, at least we got our country. We got our country as a result. That's our reparations." But he again, after they stripped it of all of its minerals and resources, they gave it to us back to us. But nonetheless. Um, the United Nations had it annually. It had 190,000 visitors this year, and I was featured. And I met last week.
1: Well,
0: thank you. That it's was that
1: was how we met, and I love the way you articulated what the United Nations is doing because that was my very next question. And I think um, them having you uh, be a part of that that um, event a lot about who you are and I love the fact that you are not a historian and you're like every ordinary everyday ordinary um, folks who are just learning and seeking out truth and when they hear someone like you I think you encourage people to learn and to collect and to preserve our history so I thank you again Mr. Pinto for coming on the show and we'll definitely have you back on and I'm going to do my best to be At your event this Friday If not me, someone from the show Will be there to um, interview you live At the event So I want to thank you again Any parting words?
0: Um, Our history is important And if we don't know where we came from We don't really know where we are Where we're going So let's embrace our history It's an ugly history It's a history full of oppression But there were jewels like the grass that grows between the cracks of the cement, the grass that grows, there were jewels that came out, Frederick Douglass, W. E. D. Du Bois, um, Booker T. Washington, so many blades that just no matter the oppression emerged, and they could do it, you can do it, I can do it, and our children can do it. Wonderful. That's it. Okay. All right. And any websites, phone numbers, email? Um, okay, my website is NY African American History. A lot of words. NY New York, African American History dot org. All right. Okay, Mr. And, and have a, mm-hmm. Okay. And Mark Mitchell's collect, um website is African American Collection dot com.
1: Got it. Repeat those two websites one more time.
0: nyafricanamericanhistory.org and africanamericancollection.com is the site of Mark Mitchell.
1: Wonderful. Um, Have a great evening and a better event.
0: Thank you so much and my pleasure being on the show. All
1: right. Bye-bye. Thank you.